verse 41. Somebody said, why is it the longest book in the Bible? I personally believe because it's been dealing with and doing with what I've been talking about the last five minutes. This is the only book in the Bible that deals with and works with and keeps working with and keeps dealing with the Word of God. Amen. Give you some idea. Look at verse 41. Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. For I have hoped in thy word, judgments. That's his word. You want to know where to get his judgments? Get in his word. I didn't say grandma's judgments. I said his judgments. There's a lot of difference between grandma's judgments and his judgments. A lot of folks are going to go to hell on grandma's apron strings. Thinking they got religion. Amen. Amen. So shall I keep thy word, thy law. That's his word. Continually, forever and ever. Whew. We better not mess with that verse. It's pretty strong. <clears throat> Acts like we're going to be a Christian all the time. Hallelujah. And I will walk. And this is what I just said about well ago. And I will walk at liberty. For I seek thy word. Thy precepts. That's his word. Precept upon precept. Line upon line, here a little and there a little. Praise God. And I will speak of thy testimonies also before the kings, and will not be ashamed. And I will delight myself in thy word. Commandments. I'm going to get happy in the word of God. Not over my Christmas present. In the word of God. I bet you some of you got mad at your Christmas present. You just didn't tell nobody. You looked at it and you went. Ah. Oh my goodness. Thanks. Hallelujah. See, I'll be glad and brother elder you leave Santa Claus alone. I don't know how to get away from him. I've tried for 20-some years. Hallelujah. 
He said, my hands also, will I let them hang down. Somebody said, you got to raise your hands all the time, go to church. No, we don't got to. We want to. My, my hands I'm going to lift up at thy commandments. What are you raising your hands for and doing all that in church? Oh, because Brother Elder's good looking. Huh? Well, you do need glasses, don't you? Hallelujah. I hope not. I hope you're raising your hands and getting with it because there's something about his word that's got you excited and stirred up and you're raising your hands, lifting up your hands at his commandments. Well, why don't you just go home and study the rest of this chapter and see if you ought to get excited about his word. The whole chapter's on his word. No wonder it's the longest one in the Bible. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 It's even in this chapter that the man said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against myself, my wife. You know why some folks are sinning? They're scared to death they're going to offend their wife. They're scared to death they're going to offend their husband. If they was half that worried about offending God, they wouldn't sin. Hallelujah. And I read a scripture yesterday. I'm going to get back on it. I don't know where I'm going to work on it at. But the Lord showed me where these people running around all the time saying, Well, you know, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just got to go sin every once in a while, Brother Elder. I ran across the scripture yesterday. I'm going to use on them people's hides like mad. Said, you're out. You're without excuse. You don't have an excuse. Because he said, I put my power in you. And I don't believe you've got to go out in the world a little bit. Fact is, some of you have been out there so much and back in that I'm coming close to making up my mind when you go out the next time tell you to stay out. Because you're not going to teach the people in this church you can backslide and get saved and you want to and backslide and get saved and you want to and backslide and get... You need to go to Louisiana. That's where they do that every revival. Amen. You'd fit in good down there. But you're not going to fit in too good around here. You want to live for God, you better get in here and stay in here while you got a chance. Amen. Because I'm at the wit's end with it. You're not going to teach my new saints and I'm going to start pushing for a whole brand new house full of new saints. And you're not going to teach the new saints around here how to backslide and get saved. Backslide and get saved. Backslide and get saved. You're going to be gone with the wind. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's worship him tonight. Praise God. 
Lord, we thank you tonight. We praise you tonight for the word of God. We ask, Lord, that you anoint it with thy word, O God, with thy spirit, with thy power. Lord, that you minister to us tonight by the spirit and the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord. We worship you. We magnify your name. Oh, God, we lean on your everlasting arm tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now I want to preach on a great big powerful thought tonight. Sometimes I think we try to make the Word of God too deep or something. I don't know what we do. But I found out that the simpler you keep things, the less you have trouble with things. Hallelujah. Praise God. Lived 45 years to learn that. There's something about in your youth you want to make it strong, you want to make it majestic. You want to make it mystic. You want to, it's exciting. It's scary. It's a lot of things if you can get it so that nobody can understand it but you. Hallelujah. But when you're teaching people, that's not worth a hoot. Praise God. <clears throat> And the Word of God is vast, and the Word of God is deep. And there are things about the Word of God that I know that I cannot express to you because I don't want to put you to sleep. And most folks today want their sermons short and sweet. they got things to do at home. They're not too interested in learning too much about God. Just go to church and find out a little bit about him so they can tell God he'd been to church this week and they're still religious. Amen. But uh, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you one thing. You're going to get founded on the rock if you're going to live through this day and age. And you, you might ought to learn to love long Bible studies as well as you like 30 minutes of shouting. And I don't see anything wrong with 30 minutes of shouting either. Fact is, I could take what I'm teaching tonight and prove to you that we're not apostolic. Even though we say we're apostolic and we got it hanging on the shingle of the door. If we were apostolic, there'd be some folks getting drunk in the spirit around here. There'd be some miracles and signs and wonders. Got a few straggly old amens out there. We'd rather keep it traditional Pentecost. 
pay my tithes and pray on Saturday night and be to church the rest of the time a few minutes and that way I know I'm doing something till the rapture takes place till I can go away and be with Jesus forevermore. But <clears throat> better hope you can get somewhere beyond that because what you are, you are a virtuous person but you're one of the five with no oil. Amen. And you better get yourself filled up with some oil so that if they accuse you of being apostolic, there's enough evidence to convict you. Hallelujah. 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 It's one thing to say I'm apostolic. It's another thing to be apostolic. So I'm going to teach tonight on some simple thing like the power of God's word. Praise God. The power of God's word. It's awesome. And I doubt whether anything that I do tonight that I will get too much across to anybody tonight. But the power of God's word is simply awesome. First of all, let me say tonight that a man's word is no better than his life. <clears throat> and for a man to be of any character of his word takes a while to live it. We can't really accuse Paul Mitchell of his word yet, although he's beginning it in life. We'd have a hard time with Gary Cheney's, some of you other young men, but right now is the most important part of your life of building your character. So that when you get my age, men will absolutely know you then by your word. You can't trick them. You can't tell them you're something else you're not. Because by then, you have established yourself as what you are. And I'm saying all of this to tell you tonight that if one was interested tonight in the Bible, that you could learn from here to here, very easy because you've lived that much, and by the Holy Ghost and the Word of God, you could learn on down to here. Which means that if you ever got into the deep things of God and understood fully beyond search for truth,
thank God for everybody in here is teaching search for truth. But that's a very basic lesson of Genesis to Revelation. And I'm talking about beyond search for truth lessons. Into the deep things of God. You see, let me show you something. I say this not to hurt nobody. I say this to help some that have trouble. We have religions today that go to church on Saturday claiming they observe the Sabbath. But the Bible said that Jesus created the earth in six days and then he rested. Now just let me show you how spiritual you are. Some of you are going to get mad at me when I make this statement. I'm going to show you how spiritual you really are. Go on, get into your creative days, fuss and carry on and all that stuff. I probably study more about the first day of the year than any of you in here, and I still don't know a whole lot about it. In fact, the more I read about it, the more I wonder what I know. <clears throat> Praise God. But you see, we are men, and the number of man is six. And this is the sixth day right here. And the Bible said that God created the earth, but on the seventh day he rested. Some of us have the idea that since the trees are made, that since the water is made, that since the clouds are made, that since whole lots of things have been done, the creation is over with. But you're funny, my friend. For there is a war going on earth right now. And God is making up a final kingdom. And you won't find any rest in this day, or 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 this day. But you will find the rapture right here. And here is the sabbatical year, the seventh millennial year of which comes the rest of God. There is no rest with God. There's war going on right now between his angels and the devil and his angels and men on earth. We're in a battle. Where is God? He's right here in the seven lampstands, the seven churches. He's in the perfect church. The perfect church. That's what seven means. There is a perfect church in the land. You're in it tonight. You can quit looking any farther or you can go out there and find some heretical thing. The most astounding thing to me is is after God gives somebody the Holy Ghost why they keep going on looking for something else. Friend, that the Holy Ghost ain't going to satisfy you, you've had it. There's just no hope for you, period. Amen. When Christ is in you, the hope of glory, and that doesn't satisfy you, you're an incontinent person. You have no control over yourself or your emotions. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Now, I said all that to show you one thing. 
that a man my age or your age, Brother Grubbs, or yours, Brother Williams, we can't get out of what we are. People know us. They know us as a man that will keep his word. They know us as a man that works hard. They know us as a man that's lazy. They know us as a man that won't keep his word at all. They know us as a man you can't depend on. They know us as a man you can depend on. They know us as a friend that'll help you. Or they know us as a person that has no friends. But is a law unto themselves. You young men are establishing right now. Fifteen years from now, you're going to wake up and you won't change what you are. That's the reason why Brother Elder keeps saying all the time when I'm preaching, yeah, you come back and get saved one of these days. If the devil don't get you in so deep, you can't get you out. It ain't worth trying. It's not worth consideration. And besides that, there's nothing says you'll ever come back. Amen. Woe unto the backslider in this day and age, for it looks like God's pouring his judgment out on them again. There for a 20-year period of time, it looked like they could get by with anything. But as I read the Bible tonight, man, I begin to wake up to some things. Well, Micaiah said to that false king, he said, look, he said, I don't tell you what, if when you come back, you know, I'm in this place, when you come back, he said, I'll tell you something. I'm a false prophet. God didn't even speak to me. He told him, he said, when I come back, oh, Marquez said, if you come back, I'm a false prophet. That dude, he took off his clothes, king's clothes, and put on clothes like a regular soldier. Got out there fighting a battle and got everybody sicked on to old Jehoshaphat. They was chasing him all over the place thinking he was the king. They couldn't figure out who the king was and some guy out there just by the inspiration of God didn't even know what he's doing. Said, I'm so mad I think I'll just shoot an arrow. So he just reached out there and pulled out his bow and arrow and pulled it and the Bible said adventure. He just released that arrow. And the Holy Ghost just grabbed that arrow and said, the king is right there. And the dogs licked his blood up when they washed out his chariot. And you know something? Strange that happened because years before an old prophet come out of fasting and prayer said, you know what's going to happen to you? 
dog's going to lick your blood up. And the Holy Ghost come along one day and carried him off in a whirlwind. And he was plumb gone and everybody forgot about him. And the dog's licking up his blood and everything else. But the Bible said when they took old Ahab out of that chariot, they took it down to the pool and washed it out. And the dog stood there and licked his blood. Same old prophet told Jezebel, said, they're going to get you. You know what? She lived through two prophets. I just hear her laughing her head off at them stupid old fanatic Pentecostal preachers. She lived through two of them. But the day come up, old Jay who drove his chariot up underneath her window. And she stuck her old ugly looking head out there all painted up. She done attired herself. She heard Jehu's on the way, boy. She probably done been through three or four facelifts by then. <laughs> stuck her gorgeous head out the window. Ooh, how you doing, Jehu? Old Jehu says, anybody up there on my side? Two old eunuchs were smart, boys. So this dude's going to kill the whole house off. He said, whatever he says, do it. Yeah, we're on your side, Jehu. Amen. Throw her out the window. Amen. I bet you could hear all kinds of carrying on in there. Yeah, scratching and a biting. Pretty soon you heard the glass flying. Here come old Jehu flying at that cobblestone Jezebel. She hit them cobblestones down below and flew to pieces. Jehu didn't even think enough of her to fix her up a grave. He said, I'll tell you what. Let's go off to McDonald's and have a hamburger. while he's sitting down there his conscience got to bothering him he said you know she was a king's wife said we ought to bury her anyhow so he drove his men his chariots back down there and when he got there there wasn't nothing but her hands her feet and her head the dogs had done ate her but not even dogs are wicked enough Deed hands that shed innocent blood and feet so wicked they carry you to such sinful places and a head so full of abominations. Now, I said all that to let you know something. By the word of God. If you could understand. What all's in the word of God. Then you could understand. How great that word is. How it is spoken here and finished there. Praise God. But I want to show you just some little parts of it right here beginning to think you know how many years
Brother White, how many years do you think we've lived on the earth? The earth's been. How many years do you think? Okay. I think you have a right to think that. Praise God. How many of you believe it's 250 million years old? Anybody in here believe it's 250 million years old? Hallelujah. <clears throat> well, if you believe it's 250 million years old, you understand some things I can't figure out. Amen. I believe the earth most likely is somewhere between, it'd have to be more than 6,000 years old. But uh, somewhere between 10,000 and who knows. But I don't believe that it's uh, a million years old. I don't believe it's well let's just stop there a million years old so when they go back 250 million they, uh, they don't have nothing to establish that on amen you know if we don't take the word of God for the basis of establishing the beginning we're in trouble because then we have to go to science and when you get into the basics of science it's anti-god science really became a god and a religion under King Belshazzar That's where it reached its zenith at. And since then, it has aspired and aspired and aspired and is aspiring and aspiring. They are going to send a 75-foot <clears throat> telescope up into outer space in the next few weeks. And when they send this telescope up into outer space, they are going to see the part of God's creation never seen by man before. Which goes to show you that as many, however many years old this earth is, man still don't know very much about it. Hallelujah. Because of the vastness of God. The awesomeness of God. If you'll listen to me for a little while, I'm building some things, some, some things I'm fixing to say. I know I'm not screeching and throwing things at you, but surely you've had enough time to get some sleep over the holiday. Hallelujah. 
What I'm simply saying is, is when it comes to God, man's knowledge is very limited. And then, about the time he thinks he's learning something, he dies and some other guy spends all of your taxes and all of his life learning what he learned. And then he dies and somebody else spends all of the next generation's taxes and what he learned. And of course, each one's lucky they learn just a little bit more than what the last one did, or at least they think they did. How many of you read the article this week about the wise men in the paper and the Haley's Comet? I read that. <clears throat> There's a lot of it I agree with. I never did think that the wise men came to the stable while he was in the manger. I always knew that he was somewhere between the age of 18 months and two years of age. But I really have my doubts about that Haley's Comet being the star. Of course, the Bible might have said there was astrologers and soothsayers and things, but that's not what it says. It said there's wise men. <clears throat> and, you know, we hear so much about Haley's Comet. Well, how many of you have seen it lately? Well, you're living at the best time right now. This week. This week is your best chance to see it this year. How many of you have seen it? <laughs> Got a guy up here can't see nothing holding his hand up. Got his coat over his head. <clears throat> so I really have my doubts that the wise men was following Haley's comment. I believe that God can do some things that, you know, I don't know how many of you get the Pentecostal Herald, but Brother Jimmy Hall wrote one of the most phenomenal articles in the Pentecostal Herald this month. Between the liberal theologians and the Bible-believing men of God today. And I'm going to tell you something about the liberal theologian. He will beguile you, and he won't beguile you viciously. He will beguile you so intellectually, so subtly, that you will look at the man of God and say, Oh, he's just a dumb old thing that won't study nothing. There's a lot of difference between ignorance at will and just ignorance. Some folks desire to be so intellectually, secularly, they become ignorant at will. Amen. You better balance yourself. And there's only one thing going to balance you, and it's the Word of God. And I believe my God didn't only send a special star... But I believe he had angels in the air singing glory to God in the highest. And the same man that wrote that don't believe that account of the Bible. 
They say it cannot be verified. Let me tell you something. There is more parts of this Bible that cannot be verified. But that does not have a thing to do whether it happened or didn't happen or whether it's true or it's false. How many of you ever seen blind Bartimaeus? How many of you ever seen his blind eyes open? This generation would have one horrible time verifying that. But I believe the word of God. Hallelujah. And I don't think it took Haley's comments. I think my God could created him a special star. Amen. Hallelujah. He is the bright and the morning star. And one of these days he's going to outshine all of those smart alecks. Amen. And he's going to show them who's God. Fact is, as I was studying tonight, the last verse that I'm going to read tonight, these smart alecks don't even have enough sense to read that verse and know right underneath their eyes this is happening and God is causing them to do it and they think they're doing it on their own because there is no God. Hallelujah. But I said all these things to let you know that the word cosmic or the cosmic day, the first day of the year, is compassive vast, and it brings into harmony or into order. So then the first day, God brought all of that which was empty and void, all of that that was disorganized, all of that which was what we might call chaotic into harmony and order. And how did God do it? I want you to read with me Genesis 1 and 1. Praise God. You know, every mom and dad confronted with this question. One day, your little boy, your little girl wakes up, looks at you and said, Mommy, Daddy, where did God come from? And you know, you've been wondering that too. But the thing of it is, it don't make a thing in the world where it came from. It makes, in fact, is, he is, and you're going to him. And let me tell you something, you can't fix up anything about where he came from, but you can't stop going to him. Amen. So you better be ready for that going to him. Hallelujah. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I don't believe that it took 10,000 years for trees to get here. I don't believe it took 10,000 years for blackberries to come. It didn't take 10,000 years for him to bring forth every year. Amen. I believe God caused it to be, and it was. 
Hallelujah. Not because this molecule did that and that atom did that and this did that and that did this. And Amen. <clears throat> Praise God. Fact is, evolution really is a dead theory. Because nothing, nothing, literally nothing evolves into a better state. Brother Elder? Theorize it. We have proof though. Did you know the Bible said that we have a cloud of witness around us? God gave you common sense. And if you don't use your common sense, it's not his fault. And all you have to do is, is look around and see what is evolving into a better state now if you was Christian science or you was um, a Mormon then you know you were evolving into a better state because from here you go to heaven to be a God hey <laughs> I'm just going to go to heaven to be his wife. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, as a simple as you can tell the trees don't have leaves or that they do have leaves, you can tell evolution doesn't work. Sister Keller, let me ask you something, dear. Can you run and play and think and carry on like you did when you was 25? All you have to do is use your eyes and a God-given brain and you can tell things are not evolving into a better state. I looked at this church the other day. I said, oh God, we've been here long enough. It needs a major remodeling. And I haven't got over building it yet.
Nothing evolves into a better state. How many of your new cars evolve into a better state? You ought to have seen mine this morning. I went down and looked at it. No chrome on it. No lights in it. Seen a little run in the paint. I said, I ain't going to have that. And that old gal hit it after she'd come through the stop sign. He'd evolved in a hurry. Nothing. Nothing. Did you ever see an airplane evolve in a better state? Huh? How's come not even the forest is evolving into a better state? We have gone from hardwood floors to presswood floors. I was looking tonight in my dictionary. How many of you know, how many of you ever seen the animal, the corium? I thought maybe they were something that lived in the sea. A corium looks very much like an elephant. Except the fact is it went into extinction before I was born. Now if things are evolving into a better state, I don't know what the corium evolved into, but they didn't say it was the elephant. They said it was something like an elephant. Probably. Hallelujah. Say, why do we spend all this kind of time? Because you're up against that pressure of blackness and darkness every day. And, and somebody, said, uh, uh, somebody said to me the other day, said, Brother Elder, if they're a good saint, they won't believe that. Let me tell you, I don't know what's a good saint and what's a bad saint. I have seen so many stuff lately swept away with dumb, stupid doctrines of men that who knows what's good and what's bad. With the Colossians. And when you read the book of Colossians, it is written to a people that has mixed oneness, apostolic, Pentecostal message that Paul preached and brought them into birth with. And then after they come into the birth, instead of continuing on to win other people, this is why you ought to get out and win souls. Instead of continuing on, they tried to get into some of the deep things. You know what they got into? They got to bringing Judaism back in the church and mixing it with Buddhism. And when you read the book of Colossians, that's what Paul's preaching to them about most of the time. is a rabbi that's really a Buddhist rabbi. Now, who ever heard of such a freak? Amen. And, and what was the doctrine of it? Is that um, matter is evil. All matter is evil. You see how some little thing like that gets in the church and just raises cane with the church? of the living God, we ought to stay excited about the Word of God in its simplicity and not try to make this some far-fetched mystic thing that can't be comprehended. Humanistic theory. Amen. When you read that Bible in Genesis 1 and 2, what's it say? 
And God said, is that what it says? And God said, how did we get here? By the word of God, we came into existence. When God spake, it happened. And God said, let there be light. <clears throat> now we can get into some of the concepts of the light. I do not believe that when God said, let there be light, that it was sunlight, nor moonlight, nor starlight. I believe it was the cosmic light. Hallelujah. You say, where do you get that from, Brother Elder? Read what happened in the fourth day. Hallelujah. You see, our God is a great God and a powerful God sitting high upon his throne. And if you realize, you quit playing with him. And get serious. I said to myself the other day, that guy can't believe there's a hell and act like that. You can't believe there's a hell and go out and do your own thing. If you believe there's a live burning literal hell that you're going to and go out and do your own thing, then you must know that you are one of the stupidest humans, stubbornest humans, rebellious humans God ever created. Amen. Praise God. And I'm going to tell you something. I get, ex I get hurt. I have a day of depression. Over a lot of folks that quit coming to church. But I made up my mind. I am not going to waste my time on you. When you don't give God any more consideration than that. Somewhere as I was sitting out that mall the other day. I said there are literally hundreds and thousands of people in this place. I've never seen. I need to get to their front door somehow. They've never had a chance to reject this gospel that I know of. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Revelations, the 21st chapter and the 23rd verse, I'll tell you what I believe was the light. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. When God came forth upon the scene and put void and emptiness and chaos in order, immediately light shone. For he is the light. Praise God. And he said, first of all, upon this disorder... This chaotic condition, let there be light. Praise God. My girls the other night went with me to a restaurant. And there was a very attractive young lady, very shapely young lady. Came into the restaurant from the bar area that had a slit up both sides of her skirt. <clears throat> 
Well, maybe you ought to ask the girls where it stopped at. And, you know, I guess my girls are like most children. They're curious about things. And they looked in there into that uh, club where that woman went. And I don't think you had to think too hard to figure out what was going on in that club. And it was dark in there, very dark in there. The lights very low. And one of my girls said to me, said, Daddy, how's come they want it so dark in there? And the Bible said to cover up their evil deeds. They love darkness. And that's why it's so dark in those places. There are certain species that don't like light. You go out this spring when the temperatures come up and you flip over the board and you'll see all kinds of creatures of darkness. But as soon as you flip that board over, they start disappearing in the light because they're not creatures of light. They're creatures of darkness. I wonder how many of you want to be the creatures of God's cosmic light. Now, there's one man in the Bible that probably tells us more about the creation than any man in the Bible, and that's Job. Job had sit around fussing and carrying on about his condition for weeks and nights and days. And somebody said, well, he shouldn't have done that. Well, I'll tell you what. If your old lady told you to cuss God and die and you had boils from the top of your head and you lost all your bank account and all your kids had dropped dead and you had the funeral expenses, we'd see how well you'd do. Hallelujah. I've had some troubles, but thank God I've never had none like that and I hope I don't ever get any like that. I'm not looking forward to that day. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and after he'd sought God through a bunch of this kind of situation, and then some of his good old Holy Ghost buddies come by, told him the reason why all this was happening is because he was of the devil. He was sinning. He's living a hypocrite. He's lying. He's self-righteous. You know, all the other good things that some of them good old Holy Ghost buddies can tell you. You know, you ought to be careful before you uh, condemn somebody. My wife said something to me the other day. And I'm not running her down. People have a right to um, wonder. Anybody in here ever wondered something? And uh, she asked me a question about something. I can't remember who it was and why it was and where it was. I said, I don't know. And I got another statement to make with this. I don't want to know. And she says, why is that? And I said, I've never walked a mile in his shoes, and I hope I don't have to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
got to put yourself in the other man's shoes sometimes and see. But let's get back. I'll try to get this over with. If I don't, I'm going to stop tonight. I'm not going to 10 o'clock. Praise God. I'll preach myself to sleep, and then you'd all tell that all over town. Praise God. <clears throat> I preached to many of you to sleep. It's possible I could preach myself to sleep. Praise God. <clears throat> so it said here in the 38th chapter, after he'd been wrestling with God many a days and nights, and God finally come on the scene and started talking to Job. He said, gird up your loins like a man, for I'm going to demand of thee an answer. I want you to answer me. And when God starts telling you to answer him, you better be full of wisdom. And if you got much wisdom, you'll probably be like old Job. He said, I spoke one time, and that was too much. And he said, I spoke again. So now I'm keeping my mouth shut. That's wisdom when you're talking to God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And God said, where was you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare. If you got understanding, some of these folks that try to make me think they're so smart, I just look at them in wonder sometimes can't even get the simplest things together, let alone some weighty things. Where was thou? Now he said, Who hath laid the measure thereof, if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line up? You know, I'd like to get me some fancy scientists in here to answer this. I'd like to get me some smart Alex Sane in here to answer this. One of these saints that's so smart got all these answers. Mm -hmm. It's quiet. Where were you at when I measured this thing and laid the line to it? He said, we're on are the fountain thereof fastened. Where's the water? Huh? What's the thing fastened to? Did you ever stop to think this little ball of mud's out here in thin air spinning around at a thousand miles an hour? What's holding it up there? I know. What's that? Atmosphere. Boy, you're smart, ain't you? Job, he got a little smarter than that. He said, yeah, I opened my mouth once too. He said, I even opened it twice, but from now on I'm keeping it shut. Hallelujah. What's a fasten to Job? Where were you when I laid the cornerstone? Some of you kids think you know so much. You better pay attention to this. The Bible said wisdom build herself a house.
When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. You know, I've heard preachers for 25 years fussing about that one verse and ain't none of them come up with the answer to it yet. Oh, I've got the answer to it. I know some of you are smarter than God. I imagine I could give you an answer tonight. Fact is, I'll give you three answers to that one verse and we'll see then what you believe. And I'll give you chapter and verse for every theory. When you leave, you'll be so mixed up about it, you probably still won't know what you believe. He said, where were you, Job? When we had that picnic in heaven. said who shut up the sea with the doors when it break forth as if it had issued out of the womb who shoved them waters back and said you can't be here no more he said when I made the cloud and the garment thereof and the thick darkness a swaddling band for it have you ever laid out there? I've laid out there a lot of times at night. It's something, brother. Williams, I've laid out there with you at night. In the old grass. Chiggers crawling all around. It's a lot of fun, except we're not as young as we used to be. Still amazing, isn't it? The other night, brother, character. Who was with us, brother? Tom, brother Tom, my brother. Coming across the prairie. Little old Nathan asleep in the back seat. All of a sudden, a star went. We rode on for miles. Here come another star. We went a little bit farther. Here's another star. Another one. Boy, there's a lot of stars falling out of the sky tonight. We should have started us a new religion. Jehovah Witness said they all fell out of the skies in 1915, 14. That's when the Great Tribulation started. Talk about seven years. It's been the longest seven years I've ever seen. I got to thinking, you know, them stars are falling quite a bit tonight. I wonder what's making them fall like that tonight. And I like to listen to talk shows. And so I turned into KARD in Dallas, Texas, and I started listening to that talk show down there while we was traveling across. Somebody said, what do you do that for? Well, you ought to hunt pheasants all day and try to drive half the night. <clears throat> You do anything, stay awake, except listen to rock music or country music. Hallelujah. 
And I was listening to it, and all of a sudden this guy jumped in on the radio, and he's some kind of a meteorologist from the University of Texas, and he's going to explain to us tonight that we are in a meteorite shower tonight, and as possibly 75 of them an hour could be seen. And it's something, Brother Williams, to lay out there at night and to look at them stars. But did you ever stop to think that while half of this world is daylight, the other half's dark? But the half that's daylight is making the light for the part that's dark. I heard him talking one day on radio about the moon was still up in the sky and the sun was way up in the sky. I turned around and I looked at the moon and it was a full moon and it was way up over here in the west and the sun was way up over here in the east. And I thought, hmm, maybe that's why it's so bright some dark nights. But God said, I just wrap this thing with a band of darkness and since Job you have a reason to question me and you're so wise tell me how I did that hallelujah hallelujah he said, when I made the cloud, the garment thereof, and he said, thick darkness and a swollen band for it, and I break up for it my decree place and set bars on the doors. Made, you know, scientists, after many thousands of years, come along and told us why there is a high tide and a low tide, and why this can do this and that can't do that. But God, he's so smart, he knew it all from the beginning and looked at one of the oldest men in the Bible that was kind of confused about God and questioned God about some things. And he said, since you're so smart, you tell me how I did all that. Since you're so wise and so full, and old Job, you know what he said? He said, <clears throat> he said I'm not too smart third verse of the fourth chapter Job answered the Lord and said behold I'm vile what shall I answer thee I laid my hand on my mouth once I spoke but I will not answer yea twice but I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut I'm not going any farther Job the 42nd chapter and the fifth verse he said I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear he said, I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now, he said, my eye seeth thee. How do we get beyond these? You know, after I get through preaching this tonight, lots of you are going to walk out of here and say, I don't know what's wrong with that preacher. I can't figure him out. I'm not worried about you anymore. I used to be, but I'm finally come to the understanding you're one of the five, don't have any oil. And I'm going to tell you something tonight. 
you're going to have to have the deep calling to the deep. And then the word of God takes on a precious effect in your life that when you read that Bible, it's not what Brother Elder said. It's not how Brother Elder interpreted it. It is God Almighty talking to you. Can you get into your little peanut head what I've been trying to say to you for the last hour that he just spoke all that into it. He just simply said, how do you know, Brother Elder? By the word of God. Let everything be established by the word of God. Everything be established. Well, I believe this. I don't care what you believe. Give me chapter and verse for it. Let every man be a liar, but let the word of God be true. Psalms 148. He said, Praise ye the Lord. Some, when you come to church, Brother Jack says, Praise the Lord. And some of you sit out there and say, We don't have to praise the Lord. But the Word of God said for you too. You don't even believe the word of God. If you did, you'd praise the Lord. And you wouldn't argue with whoever was in the pulpit. You're rebellious, you're stubborn, you're obstinate, you're everything else like that. He said, praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Man, you know, if I was a jet fighter pilot, I believe I'd praise God. Man, just think of the places them guys have been. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Somebody said, I don't have to praise God. You know why you don't? You're not part of the host of God. But his host is going to praise his name. They're going to praise his name for everything. The Bible said for you to give praise unto the Lord for all things. All things. All things. If you get your foot cut off in the morning, say praise the Lord. If you get a million dollars in the mails, they won't have to tell you. A bunch of them just start hollering praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. But when you get your foot cut off, you forget to say praise the Lord. Stupid. No, it is not stupid. There are something you are not getting a hold of. And that is, when you praise God, he takes the worst of the situation and makes it a brand, a brand new, beautiful day. Hallelujah. Praise ye all of his hosts. Praise ye him, son. Now would somebody in here explain to me how the son praises God? Well, my suggestion, my idea, my theory is 
I didn't say this is the word of God. I said my theory is, is that it warmed up from 5 degrees to 53 today. And I said, praise the Lord, the sun's doing what God created it for. Praise your moon. Man, there's so much about the moon. I'm not even going to start on that. <clears throat> Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise ye heavens of heavens. There's three of them. Yep. Y'all riding on the first one. And ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Why? For he commanded, for he commanded, and they were created. How did you get here? And God said, you know, Brother Gary, you're the best looking chunk of mud I've seen in a long time. I've never figured out how God could take mud and make some folks look so good. I had girlfriends when I was little that made mud pies and they never made them look good and they never made them taste good. <laughs> Hallelujah. But look what God done with mud. Hallelujah. I better not go on any further on that. <clears throat> Praise God. Hallelujah. Now I said all that to say one little simple thing. It was all done by his word. Done by his word. I'd like to ask some of them boys back there what I've been teaching tonight. Be interesting for them to tell me. Hallelujah. Psalms 148. No, I done read that. Psalms 138 and 2. Somebody get that and read it. For me, 138 and 2. I promise you, I'm going to be done in the next 30, 40 minutes. Praise God. I will worship. Is that Psalms 138 and 2? Read on. Do you know what? I'm getting close to quitting, and I'm getting awful close to starting. In other words, I could start on something right now in the New Testament. But you see, he said, I've magnified my word above my name. 
Want to get rid of cancer? Just say in the name of Jesus. Want to get blind eyes healed? Say in the name of Jesus. Get all excited about the name of Jesus, and you ought to. But remember one thing when you get all excited about it. His word is even more powerful than his name. Somebody said, Brother Elder, you just throw that Bible at us and throw that Bible at us and throw that Bible at us. You know why? You have dynamite in the house. But you won't. You won't light it. You won't light it. You got the most explosive thing in the world in your home, but you won't light it. My word. God is at least, we know, Brother White, we know that God is at least 6,000 years old. That's no hard thing. And if every day is as 2006, he's maybe around 12,000 years old. That's long enough to build a character. That's long enough to establish what he is and what he isn't. Hey, I'm going to tell this church something tonight. You might think that I'm kind of boring tonight, but the most, the thing that's going to be attacked, you church are already under attack. At my dinner table yesterday, they come to me and made this statement that a man walked up to him and said, a little girl in this church was beat into a coma. That junk is being spread around in this town. And somebody is getting themselves in a bind. They're spreading all kinds of lies on this church. You know why? If they don't spread lies on this church, the truth will spread and tear up them evil characters but let me tell you something while they're after us the main thing they're after is this they hate this word why would they say such a thing because they don't intend to quit committing adultery and fornication they don't intend to quit their lying ways. The same one that walked up and told my son-in-law that my son-in-law said, well, I can't tell you anything about the situation because I don't know anything about the situation. But I do know what the Bible says. The Bible said that if you're guilty in one point, you're guilty in all. And so God doesn't rate that kind of person any worse than the kind that goes out and gets drunk and commits whoredoms on his wife, fornication and adultery, lies and takes God's name in vain he said that person walked off with his tail stuck up between his legs and got out of there hey God give us a holy boldness that'll stand up for that word that'll fight for that word that'll put the word on them you're coming under attack because you believe that is the word of God, the inspired word of God. I'm under attack because I'm a preaching it, but I'm ready for the battle. Amen. I've been reading some things that Baptist preachers 
are under attack by the law in this nation right now. And I thought, bless God, if they can stand up without the Holy Ghost and fight like that, you better believe I'm going to stand up with the Holy Ghost and fight. Amen. Come on. The word of God's under attack. It's under attack in your heart. It's under attack in your heart. It's under attack in your heart. Look at your Bibles today. What's it say on it? it still says the Holy Bible on all of them? Well, I've got one that don't say that anymore. It just says the Bible. When I was a little boy, somebody tell me if I was wrong. Did it not say Holy Bible, the Word of God, or God's Word? It had something else under Holy Bible. And I remember as a small, young teenager, them words disappearing out from under Holy Bible, and I never thought nothing about it till tonight. You know why? 98% of the preachers that are preaching in pulpits tonight do not believe it's the Holy Bible, the Word of God. 98% of them. If 98% of the preachers in this country does not believe it's the inspired Word of God, then what's their people believe? And if their people don't believe God can talk to them out of that book, why shouldn't they attack you? And if they're going to attack you, they're going to stick their fangs in you and soak that venomous poison in you and let the devil play with your head. You better get it in your heart. This is the inspired word of God. This is God talking to me. And the same way he can speak a nerf into existence, he can take care of any little problem I got. Read that Bible, believe it. If you go ask a preacher and he destroys your faith, don't listen to him. Go off and believe the Bible. I've seen a lot of preachers losing their faith in the last few years. Well, I used to believe that. What's wrong that you used to believe? Come on. Come on. Come on. I believe a man of God's got a right to change his ways about some things as he gets older and sees what's going on. But honey, when it comes to the Word of God, you don't never have, you're just like Job, you don't even have one chance to question it. Whether your name's Elder, whether your name's Paul the Apostle, whether you're just a plain little old simple layman that lays in a corner praying somewhere, whoever you are, whatever you be, wherever you stand, and however you are, you don't have any authority to question this Bible, the Word of God. Yeah. However smart you think you are, Hallelujah. You can get too smart, you know. How many of you like for me to prove you can get too smart? 
I'm going to close here. St. John 5.39, I won't go on to the rest of them. I told you, that verse I told you I was going to give you, you can have it, Revelation 17.17. 17. I'm not going to work on it tonight. Hallelujah. I'm going to St. John 5.39. St. John 5.39, Jesus said, in my red letter edition, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of the Trinity. Of God. Now if he'd have said of God, these Jews would have said okay, but he didn't. He said of me. And then now he's getting them Jews mad already. Because he said of me, he's already got them Jews so mad they can't even think of what he said. Search the scriptures for in them you think you have. Then he went on to say, and you will not come to me that you might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you, that ye have not love, that ye have not the love of God in you. I'm come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another come in his own name, him you'll receive. Yeah, they'll receive Pope John. Well, I mean, this Pope's getting popular. And now they have a book out that Brezhnev wrote for $15.95 that you can read how he wants the world to have peace. Gorbachev. Gorbachev or however. I'm telling you, there is more hoodwinking going on than i ever seen in my life. But did you know that's not one of the finest, first, best signs of the coming of the Lord? He said, take heed, you don't get deceived. Don't get tricked into believing lies. Gorbachev wants peace. He sure does. The biggest peace he wants is the USA. Whatever made the hammer and the sickle change its mind until the whole earth is one. Stupid intellectuals. The Bible said they became silly. Became fools. That's exactly what's happened to them. They got so smart they're fools. Think they can trust a communist. Amen. I'll say one thing for Reagan. Even as he is old and stubborn and everything, at least he ain't stupid enough to swallow that. Hallelujah. He said, How can you believe which you receive honor 
one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only. Now you ought to digest that verse real good. You receive honor from one another, but you don't receive any honor that comes from God only. We in our general conference, it's a scary day in our organization, our backslapping preachers and sermons and things that God are not even in and will not even give God due his own honor. In other words, we've got to where we honor each other more than we do his word. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. Therefore is one that accuses you even Moses in whom ye trust. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me for he wrote of me. You can get to be so Pentecostal that you get to preaching a reason and a purpose and you're a way out from God and His Word. I'm going to tell this church something. God only knows what the year of 1986 will bring and how long I'll be your pastor. We've got all kinds of preachers going off the scene. Quitting. Dying backslide everything falling into sin by the grace of God I'm not going to do that I'll tell you for sure and I want to tell you something you better get this word in you And I'm going to tell you something else. Should something happen to me and you have to get another pastor, go ahead and get you a movie producing preacher. I'm shocked and I'm astonished that some of my good, strong, conservative friends are using people like Richard Hurd. that gets up with his movies and pardon me if it sounds like I'm cussing just scares the hell out of sinners and rushes them into the altar 50 and 100 a night and two weeks later they're backslid all over town talking about the church and what they got didn't help them at all Some of this is not in time revival. The Bible said that ye are begotten by the Word. You are begotten by the Word. Sometimes I see some of you darling saints, 
and the power of God's falling around here and you look at Brother Elder like, what's he stopping us from worshiping for? Because I have a responsibility not only to you, but to everybody. And I have a responsibility in here to preach. Sinners aren't going to get saved just up here jiggling around. They're going to get saved because the word of God strikes them in the soul to the maw of the bone and divides them apart and casts sin out and the love of God in. And if you're not getting saved that way, you're going through motions that are not going to pay off in the end. You can get to that altar by every hell scary movie you can think of. But if you don't have a foundation on you, what's going to keep you when the movie's not running? <laughs> 